Turn in your Bibles with us to Ephesians chapter 6 this morning within God's Word. Ephesians chapter 6 within God's Word this morning. And uh, we want to remind you that we, in most of our preaching services, we provide you with notes with a sermon study guide. If you'd like to follow along, you don't have to, but if you'd like to follow along, there's a sermon study guide where you can fill in the blanks and follow along with this word to help you remember it uh, much, much better. And if you don't have one, just raise your hand and the ushers will make sure that you get one this morning. A pastor went through uh, the Sunday school department of his church and noticed a six-year-old, six-year-old, little Johnny. And he said, Johnny, Johnny, I have heard that your mother, your mother prays prayers over you every single night before you go to sleep. And I, I think that is so, so good of her. By the way, what does she pray? Little Johnny looked up at the pastor and said, she prays, thank God he's in bed. Thank God he's in bed. <sighs> prayer, prayer. Listen, prayer is more than thanksgiving. Prayer, prayer. Prayer can do what God can do. Think of it. Jesus said, ask anything in my name and I will do it. Prayer can do anything that God can do. Your prayers are mighty in God. Join us in this annual prayer emphasis, this week of prayer, but we have called it Prayer Warriors Week. There is a brochure in your handout that will tell you about this awesome, critical, pivotal week. We pray for one hour. That one hour will go by like that. I mean like that. We'll give you opportunity to pray privately. We'll give you opportunity to pray with others if you want to. We'll give you opportunity to kneel and pray, walk and pray, lay down and pray, pray down here or pray up there in the balcony because the balcony people know that the balcony is closer to heaven. That's why they sit up there. Hallelujah. Come. And join us for this hour of power and watch the difference that will take place in your year. This is pivotal for Lakeside. It's pivotal for, for your home and for your life. Prayer Warriors Week. I want to ask you a question. Who are the prayer warriors? How would you describe a prayer warrior? What image comes to your mind when you think of a prayer warrior? Huh? Oh, I just heard somebody say Sister Clark. And Sister Clark is a prayer warrior. When I was growing up, I used to think that prayer warriors were the old people in church. Every old, or every person that had gray hair, snow white hair, prayer warrior. Yeah, uh, especially uh, white-haired little old ladies, prayer warriors. Sure, I mean, that's, it just came automatically that they're a, a prayer warrior, sure. Uh, or people that get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and pray for four hours. Every, that's a prayer warrior. My father told me that my granddad, who pastored for 50 years, would especially delight in wearing pants 
suit pants that he would preach in that had the knees worn out. Because in the days of old Pentecostal holiness, that was a sign that you were a prayer warrior, that your, your suit pant knees were wore out. Hear me in this. Hear me in this. Being a prayer warrior is not based on who you are or based on what you have done. Being a prayer warrior is based upon who he is and what he has done. My Bible declares that you are not an orphan, but you have been adopted into the kingdom of God. You are not an orphan. You are a child of the king. My Bible says that once you are born again and washed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, you are not a draft dodger. You have been automatically enlisted into God's army. My Bible says that if you pray as a Christian, you're a prayer warrior. There's no two ways about it. There's no straddling the fence here. There's no middle ground here. You're either a Christian or you're not a Christian. You're either a prayer warrior or you're not a prayer warrior. Prayer, being a prayer warrior is not based upon how long you pray, how loud you pray, or if you pray in a stained glass preacher's voice. Being a prayer warrior is based upon whose you are in Christ Jesus. The moment you're born again, the first time you pray as a Christian, you become a prayer warrior. Every time you pray, Christian, you're a prayer warrior. Let us be knowledgeable of that fact. That's why Ephesians 6 is so pivotal for us because Ephesians chapter 6 describes how you can be more effective as a prayer warrior. It describes your posture in the power of prayer. This is a two-part message. I'll finish it next week, Sunday, so don't freak out as you see all the points in Ephesians 6. It's a two-part message this morning. The first part deals with the prayer warrior's posture of power. Next week, I'll tell you how to pray. This morning, I want to share the spirit, the attitude, the posture you need to approach prayer with as we preach Prayer warriors. Prayer warriors. Let's read the Word of God this morning. Ephesians 6, verse 10. The Living Bible. Last of all, I want to remind you, Paul says, that your strength must come from the Lord's mighty power within you. Put on. Everybody say, put on. Put on. Circle those two words. All of God's armor so that you will be able to stand safe against all strategies and tricks of Satan. For we're not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against persons without bodies. The evil rulers of the unseen world, those mighty satanic beings and great evil princes of darkness who rule this world and against huge numbers of wicked spirits in the spirit world. Oh, mark it down. Paul reveals that Christians are engaged in a terrible spiritual warfare with an unseen demonic world. Paul reveals that behind the scenes of sickness, broken homes, fragmented families, drug addiction, pornography, uh, murder, violence, bloodshed, 
America's moral meltdown and spiritual bankruptcy behind the scene of all of this miasma of evil is a very real spiritual reality and a very real spiritual entity. An enemy whose power so transcends our own that in the natural, you and I are child's play to him. He is an adversary who has won countless battles. He defeated the strongest man, Samson. The Bible says he defeated the wisest man, Solomon. The Bible says that he deceived, seduced, and possessed a man who is extremely close to Jesus and walked with Jesus for three whole years. Who am I talking about? Judas. Who is this terrible enemy of our soul? Satan. Satan. In addition, Paul reveals that because Satan is not omnipresent. Are you aware of that? The next time you do a Flip Wilson of my generation, you remember the comedian Flip Wilson, the devil made me do it. In many ways, that's a misnomer. The devil cannot be everywhere at once. Only God can be everywhere at once. The devil is a created being. The devil can only be at one place at one time. Therefore, you'll see in verse 12 of Ephesians 6, you'll see in that verse 12 that Paul talks about rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. He talks about principalities. He talks about powers. Did you know that the devil has a highly organized, effective kingdom? That there is a hierarchy of organized power in his demonic kingdom. The only way that he can influence the entire world is to have a very highly organized kingdom of darkness. Not all demons are the same. Luke chapter 10 tells us, you don't have to turn there, but Luke chapter 10 tells us the disciples were casting out demons right and left. And then one day, they were asked to cast the demon out of a boy who was having all kinds of seizures and convulsive fits as he was possessed by a demon, and they could not. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus then said, this kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. This kind. Look at the Greek there. This Jesus was saying this species of demon. There are different species, different levels, different rankings. That's what Paul is talking about in verse 12 of Ephesians 6. You need to understand, if you're going to be effective in battle, you, be, you better know the enemy that you're fighting against. That's what we keep talking about with ISIS. We better know the enemy. We better have intelligence of the enemy to be victorious in battle. I want to remind us all that Satan is real. A very real Satan deceived Adam and Eve. A very real Satan attacked Job, defeated David, tempted Jesus, and possessed Judas. And a very real Satan has deceived these United States of America. And some of you are fighting a very real Satan in your homes right now. 
So Paul makes clear that from God's perspective, life is not a playground, but a very real battleground. A very real battleground. Verse 13, therefore put on, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything, to stand, to stand. I want you to circle the word when. Circle the word when. It's not a matter of if the day of evil comes. Paul is saying it's going to come. Reversal is going to come. Disappointment is going to come. Attack is going to come. It's a day of evil when the doctor uses the big C word. It's a day of evil when your spouse is caught in an affair. It's a day of evil when your daughter or your son shakes their fist at you and says, I don't want anything to do with Lakeside or Jesus Christ. It's not a matter of if, but when the day of evil comes. That's why we're called to put on the full armor of God. Our day of evil can be our darkest day. It can be the devil's day. It can be hopeless days. God's will, mark it down for Christians, is not to wave a white flag of surrender when the enemy attacks. But come on, let's be all on the same page. But to realize our calling as prayer warriors and win the victory by putting on the full armor of God. My dear Lakeside family, I do not want you to be naive. When you put on the armor of God, this is something that you do. It's a conscious act of yourself. It does not happen automatically as a Christian. Or it would happen at salvation. You need to put on the full armor of God on a consistent basis. That's why you need a pastor. That's why you need somebody to share with you and expound the Word of God with you this morning. As I'm doing this glad Lord's Day, are you aware of the effectiveness in prayer that happens when you put on the full armor of God in prayer? That's where we're going this morning. Why do we put on the full armor of God? Be protected against the attack of the enemy. <laughs> kind of be a standing target, and when he hits us, you know, we're, we're more protected. Let me put it this way. Because some think that the armor of God is just to be on the defensive posture. Why does a football player put on all of that football equipment? Why does a hockey player put on all that gear? Why do they do that? Huh? To go to the library and check out a book and read by the fireplace? <laughs> oh, more than get protected, to win the game, to be more effective in the game, to be more effective in the day of battle, to not just stand, but to be a victor and not a victim. The Lord wants you to put on the full armor, not just to be a defender, but to go on the attack more victoriously, more effectively to win the battle in the name of Jesus Christ. In 2016, 
the Lord has made the purpose for Lakeside very clear in my heart to produce overcomers, to produce overcomers. What goes on in this service, what goes on in our classes, what goes on in small groups, what goes on in the youth ministry should all be a part. And I've told our pastors, we are called by God to make champions for the Lord, to make victors and not victims, to produce overcomers for Jesus Christ, not just in the life to come, but in the life right now. And there's nothing that you can do that is more effective than to be a prayer warrior in this, to be an overcomer for 2016. That's why this week, uh, that's why your life in prayer is so important. As prayer warriors in the Lord's army, we're fighting a battle. Let's not be naive about it. We're not in a playground. We're in a battleground. And we're fighting with the armies of heaven against the forces of hell. Uh, our fight is not to claim lands. Our fight is to claim the loved ones, the friends and family members of this church. Our battle is not to obtain riches or glory, but to invade uh, the kingdom of darkness, to engage the unseen foe for eternal souls. Your prayers will make the pivotal difference on whether somebody spends life, eternal life, in heaven or hell. Your prayers have power with God. Think of it. The Almighty of the universe has bound Himself to hear our prayers, to answer our prayers. This is the power of prayer. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 14 begins the armor. The armor of God. Ephesians 6.14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Guys, get a hold of your belt right now. Go ahead, put a thumb in your belt if you can. I'm having a hard time. I put on my, my usual preaching Sunday belt and it wouldn't fit this morning. When I first bought that belt, I was using the very last notch. Now I'm using the first notch. Now I won't even... Oh, pray for me. Pray for me. I'm, I'm on a low-carb diet right now, and I'm about ready to lose my mind. <laughs> my, my, my. The belt. Why does Paul start with the belt? Remember, as Paul is writing Ephesians 6, where is Paul at? He's in prison. He's, the Bible says he's actually chained to a soldier. So the object lesson is standing right in front of him. And his gaze first comes upon the belt of the soldier. It was the soldier's belt that was foundational to everything. The soldier's belt is where the breastplate would be tied to. It's the soldier's belt that he would tie his weapons to, like his sword. The belt, note this, is the basis. It's the foundation. Yes, effective praying. If you want to be a prayer warrior and, and, and be effective in it, it's based upon knowing the truth of God's Word. You'll never be effective in praying until you understand and know the Word of God. That's why you need to come out to classes. That's why you need to come under teaching as well as preaching of God's Word so that you're not deceived. The greatest antidote to the enemy's 
deceptive ways is the truth, the embodiment of truth in God's Word, the Bible. Where and when does the devil do most of his deceiving work? I submit to you that we come under the attack of deception the most when we pray. When we pray. How many of us have been in prayer and suddenly we hear a voice whispering in our ear, in our mind, in our heart, stop praying for your son. Give it up. Throw in the towel for praying for your daughter. It's hopeless. They're never going to get saved. They're never going to become born again. Come on, you've prayed for years. It ain't going to happen. You're just, <laughs> you're using up oxygen. You're wasting your breath. Give it up. You've done it year after year after year. You have nailed their picture to the cross year after year. It's just not God's will. When the enemy says it's just not God's will for your loved one to be saved, what do we know? Are you going to swallow that deception? No. You're going you're gonna to base your prayer time on the belt of truth. What do we know from God's Word? Note the deafening silence. It is God's will that all should be saved and come to faith. For God so loved the world, amen, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever would believe in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is why Paul said, and he teaches later on, don't stop praying. Cease not praying. Pray without ceasing. The old Pentecostals uh, that I grew up with used to say, keep praying, pray through until the answer comes. Did you pray through, brother? Did you pray through, sister? Keep praying through until the, the answer comes. Hold the line. A pastor acquaintance of mine in Chicago, after a water baptismal service, which is usually a very joyous event, was shocked when he encountered a, 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 a dear mother just sobbing and sobbing, crying and crying after a baptism, baptismal celebration. He says, what, what's the problem? She says, I've got to tell you my story. My son, my son, my son was in rebellion. And I've been praying for him to become a Christian for several years, many years. At the five-year mark, a voice whispered in my ear, God isn't listening. At the 10-year mark, I heard, you're wasting your time. At the 15-year mark, I heard, you're a fool. At, at the 19-year mark, the voice said, it's hopeless. He's going to hell. Many times I almost gave up praying. But I kept praying. I kept praying. I kept praying. 
And tonight, my son has been water baptized, born again, blood washed, and is serving God. He's given his testimony that he has confessed Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And tell every parent, pastor, don't stop praying until the answer comes. Well, we're on the subject of deception, by the way. Don't you, don't you know, don't, won't you agree with me? There has been a veritable explosion of deception in our nation, these United States of America today. Student, student, when you're taught that you are your own God, you are your own Savior, I want you to know where that deception comes from. That comes from the pit of hell. That's the same old lie that the devil used on Adam and Eve. You shall be like gods. It's deception. When you see some famous singer spouting their X-rated lyrics, whether on TV or uh, on your smartphone or, or even at your neighborhood store, you're not hearing some star. You're not hearing or seeing some celebrity. You're looking at a lost soul who's only a heartbeat from hell. They're deceived. It's deception. When you're told that the only way to have a real good time is to drink up or to shoot up or to snort up, I want you to know, hear the story of the prodigal son. He woke up in the pig pen, and so will you. It's a deception. Sir, ma'am, when you're told by your co-workers, go ahead and divorce the jerk. You'd be better off without him or her. Hear me. It's always easier to walk out instead of working out. It's deception when you bow to that. Congregation, when you're told that gay is okay, I want you to be reminded it's not okay with God. It's not an alternative lifestyle. It's perversion. It's deception. It's sin. We love the sinner but the behavior will send you to hell. It's contrary to the Word of God. We love you in the name of Jesus. But come, 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 come to faith in Christ Jesus. Come to the commandments of God's Word to have life and to have it more abundantly. There's no other way. Abortion, pornography, same-sex marriage, materialism, they're all a part of Satan's trick-or-treat bag of deception because there's only one truth, there's only one life, there's only one way to God, and that's who? Jesus. 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 Write it down. Prayer warriors are powerful in prayer because they wear the armor of God's approval. Ephesians 6.14, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. It's very important that you circle the two words, in place. In place. Those two words are pivotal to the understanding of this passage. The Roman soldiers were girded about with a breastplate crafted of bronze and leather. The breastplate that the Roman soldiers wore from the neck down protected their most vital organs. It made the soldier more unstoppable, more effective, more victorious in battle. Real effectiveness in prayer means nullifying and paralyzing 
the devil's accusations against you in prayer. How many have witnessed this? How many have experienced this? When have you heard the devil's voice the loudest? I say to you, it's when I pray. The Bible says that the devil stands before God accusing you and I 24-7. Reminding God of our past. Reminding God of our faults. Reminding God of our failings. Reminding God how many times we have broken His commandments. The devil is an accuser, the Bible says, of believers. I don't know about you, but I've heard his accusations when I've been praying. What makes you think you're a Christian? What makes you think that God is going to hear you? What makes you think your prayers are going to go anywhere? Don't you remember your sins? Don't you remember your past? Don't you remember what you've done, your faults, your failings? You're not righteous enough for God to hear your prayer. You're unworthy. Have you heard that voice? Have you heard his accusations as he dredges up your past? What's his goal? He knows. He knows. He knows that he cannot take you out of God's kingdom. But he does know this, that if he can get you to hear and succumb to his accusations, if he can depress you and discourage you, if he can keep you from praying, if he can paralyze your prayer life, he's won the battle. You're no threat to him. He's nullified you. Checkmate. Are you with me in this? We're talking about your posture in praying. Before I tell you how to pray in the name of Jesus, before I tell you how to pray the promises, before I tell you how to pray in the Spirit, you need to get this foundational matter sealed, signed, and delivered in your position and posture as a prayer warrior. The Word of God to you is to put on the breastplate of righteousness. What does righteousness mean? What does it mean I put on God's righteousness? To understand the word righteousness, write down these terms. I usually think of right standing with God. Righteousness means right standing with God. Righteousness also means God's favor. Righteousness means when God looks down upon me, and he looks down upon you, Christian, he looks upon us with approval. The word approval is key with the word righteousness. He looks down upon us with approval. Here's another word I'll give you, also included in the word righteousness. When God looks down upon you as his child, he looks down upon you with pleasure. He's pleased with you. Will you say that with me right now? God is pleased with me. God is pleased with me. God is pleased with me. Oh, get that in your spirit. The moment you were born again, the moment you took his name, Christ, as Christian, the moment you were born into the kingdom of God, Jesus came in you, and you are in Christ Jesus. 
Therefore, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, the former things are passed away, all things become brand new. Therefore, there is now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. For we are the righteousness of God, the Bible says, in Christ Jesus. When God looks down upon you and he sees you in Jesus and he sees Jesus being Jesus in you, when he sees you, he does not see you. He sees Jesus all over you. And so my God and your God is able to say this about you and me. This is my child in whom I am well pleased. I am well pleased. For you OCD people out there, you obsessive, compulsive, perfectionistic, detailists out there like me, you Germans out there like me, hear me in this. Stop your fault finding. Stop your bookkeeping of your past. Stop dredging up what's already been covered by the blood of Jesus. And live in His grace. Live in His mercy. Live in His love. Stop seeing yourself the way your sins see you. And start seeing yourself the way God sees you. He is pleased with you. Put on His approval. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, you put on your clothes every day. Then get up every morning and put on God's breastplate. Put on His approval every day. I mean that. Every day you need to get up. You need to get up and put on God's approval. You need, if you need to say it in the mirror, look in the mirror and say, God is just jazzed with me. God is just delighted with me. God is so happy and pleased about me. You're not boasting about self. You're boasting about Jesus. Paul said, I will not boast about my works. I will not boast about myself. I will boast in the cross. I'm going to preach the cross. <laughs> my basis for life and victory is the cross. I, I'm not who I am because of who I am. I'm who I am because of whose I am. There it is. Hallelujah. Put on God's approval. Put on God's approval. Start me stop measuring yourself with, with Mr. or Miss Success at high school. Mr. or Miss Popular at high school. Stop comparing. Christ is in you. You're in Christ Jesus. Listen, don't compare yourself with some uh, picture on People magazine or Sweet 16 or whatever's out there today. Amen. I'm a child of the King. We're not orphans. We're not paupers. We're children of the Most High. Amen. Let's start acting like it. Let's put on God's approval and let's stop allowing the enemy to poison our life and paralyze our prayers. Amen. Victorious breakthrough praying is the result of an unshakable peace. Ephesians 6 verse 14, Stand firm then with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Roman soldiers, Roman soldiers were the very first people to ever wear cleats. They had iron-shod sandals. 
Those Italians were sharp. They had cleated sandals. Why? If you study, if you study about ancient warfare, you will discover that it is the most bloody, gory affair that you could ever possibly imagine. And slippage was a very common thing in ancient warfare. And slippage meant instant death. You were vulnerable to a spear or a sword thrust or to be trampled upon. As thousands upon thousands in a crush would rush forward. You could be trampled by your own compatriots and fellow soldiers. God is calling you and I as prayer warriors to have our feet shod with his peace. What are we talking about here? There's a difference between the peace that we preach about with God and the peace of God. At one time you were an enemy of the cross. At one time you were not a part of the family of God. The Bible says that while we were yet enemies of God, He commended His love towards us through the cross of Jesus Christ. But we are no longer enemies of God. The blood of Jesus that we celebrated this morning has brought us into peace with God. So Christian, Jesus took care of it. You have peace with God. You're no longer at odds with God. Now, that's under the breastplate of righteousness. But there are countless Christians that even though they have peace with God through the shed blood of Jesus, they're walking in fear and do not, do not have the peace of God. Are you with me? There's a difference between the peace with God and the peace of God. Why are we not effective in prayer? Because some of us are plagued by doubts. Some of us are plagued by fears. Some of us are plagued by discouragement and depression. And the Lord wants you to have your feet shod. Or the Lord wants you to be equipped with the peace of God. God that the Bible says passes all understanding. The peace of God which is beyond comprehension. The peace of God which cannot be found in a bottle of Jack Daniels. The peace of God which can't be found in pain medication. The peace of God which is not in a pill but in a person and his name is Jesus. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. Here comes Jesus. See him walking on the water. <laughs> walking on the very thing that would like to drown you. Watch Jesus speak to the storms in your life. Peace. Be still. This is the peace of God. Peace is not an abstract. Peace, the peace of God is not a concept. The peace of God is a person. And his name is Jesus. And peace comes with his presence. And they who keep their minds stayed upon thee, the Bible says, will be kept in perfect. There it is. Lastly, this morning, we look at a last piece of armor. Look at it with me, if you would. 
victorious prayer warriors permeate their prayers with God confidence. Ephesians 6.16 In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Flaming arrows were a lethal tactic in ancient warfare. And there was only, only, only one maneuverable part to the armor. Think of it. The soldier had only one mobile, maneuverable part to his armor. What was that? The shield. The shield could be positioned no matter where the flaming arrow was coming from. The shield, no matter the attack, no matter the dart, no matter the arrow, the shield could be manipulated to protect, to defend, and use to move forward more victoriously, to become more effective in battle. What's the prayer warrior's shield of faith? God confidence in our Lord who cannot and will not fail us. And what a God! <laughs> what a generous, loving, all-providing, beyond our expectations, our God is. Friday night, we celebrated a very pivotal, pivotal birthday for my wife. I won't tell you how old she is, because I enjoy my relationship with her. I will say that we both graduated together from college and got married two weeks after graduation. We celebrated her birthday this past Friday night. The kids gave their gifts, and I was the last to give my gift. I gave her a birthday card sealed up in an envelope, a sweet birthday card uh, from a husband to a wife. And I'll even tell you what I had in the card and, and what I wrote in the card. I, I, I wrote in the birthday card... Uh, in a very romantic way, honey, every time you use this, I want you to think of me because you have vacuumed all the love from my heart. And in the envelope, I had a beautiful instructional manual to a Hoover, brand new Hoover steam cleaner that I went out and bought at Sears that same day. And it, I, if I'd had a camera to see the expression, not just on my wife, who was so sweet. She said, this is nice, honey. Uh, thank you, because this is a special birthday. And, and she you know, gave me a kiss on the cheek and you know, said, thank It was, if looks could kill. My two daughters, Julie and Jenny, if looks could kill. They looked at me in shock because they're, they're used to dad being Romeo. And uh, they couldn't, and I was just having more fun. Then I said, wait a minute, I'm not done yet. Here's another birthday card. 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 Here's another birthday. Gave her six birthday cards. Each one had a gift card, a magnanimous, generous gift card to her favorite places to shop. You should have seen the grin on her face. Oh, she was smiling ear to ear. And the girls, oh, they were just giggling, so proud of their dad. And I saw Julie elbow Pastor Ryan. <laughs> you could learn, you know, that kind of expression. 
When you lift up the shield of faith, you lift up the shield of faith to our Father that the Bible says, Our God is able to do that which is exceedingly and abundantly more than we can imagine, ask or think. Hallelujah. When you pray, you can pray with God confidence knowing that our God, our God, our God is able to make a way where there seems to be no way. Our God cannot and will not fail us. In fact, our God will give us more than we can imagine, ask or think. This is our shield of faith. This is our God confidence. Hallelujah. Glory to God. This morning as Cindy comes to the keyboard, this morning, because I know you have one last blank to fill, one of our pastors, one of our Assembly of God pastors not long ago was flying a transcontinental flight east coast to west coast. And as he sat there on the plane and dinner was being served, the woman that was smartly dressed next to him and had all the trappings of a successful, sophisticated career woman, she declined her meal. And she said, sorry, but I'm fasting. He thought, oh, that's my cue. She must be a Christian. I wonder of what faith she is. And so he turned to her and said, uh, you mind if I ask, uh, 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 so I heard you say that you're, you're fasting. Um, are you a Christian? She said, hardly. She said, I belong to the Wicca movement. I'm a witch. And we are bound together in prayer and fasting for the destruction of Christianity in the United States of America. We are fasting. We are interceding that we will win. At first shocked, our pastor said, then I'm sorry for you because you're on the wrong side. Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth and there's no sense in following a loser. Hallelujah. I want to remind you, we don't serve a weak, namby-pamby, emaciated Savior who hung upon the cross. We serve a Savior who has conquered hell, death, and the grave. He is resurrected. And because He lives, you and I can really live. Glory to God. We're on the winning side. The last blank for you to fill in is this. Fill it in with me. The enemy trembles when the weakest prayer warrior is on their knees in prayer. Will you pray? Will you pray? Will your posture in prayer be to pray in the truth of God's Word? Will you put on God's approval every day? Will you have the peace of God that vanquishes fear? Would you hold high the shield of faith? Your confidence that somehow, some way, God is going to make a way. Pray without ceasing. 
pray without ceasing. I don't care how long you've prayed. Keep praying. Pray through. And watch what your God will do. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask and pray this morning that in your name and for your glory, that you would settle upon this place with your presence and your power in a special, unique way, even right now. Right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that there would come such victory at Lakeside in this year, not because of our doing, but Lord, because of you hearing and answering our prayers. In the name of Jesus, we speak it, we receive it, and we believe it. Would you stand with me right now, quietly, quietly? Would you stand with me, precious Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can you say that with me? Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Just repeat me. I love you, Jesus. Praise the Lamb of God. Worthy is the Lamb. Hallelujah to Him who lives forevermore. I ascribe majesty and honor, glory and power to you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Pastor Hal would echo this. Pastor Hal and I have, this past week, tough, tough, tough situations coming out of the woodwork. Tough situations. We can dress up so nice coming to church, and on the outward, everything looks good, everything looks great, everything looks put together. And on the inside, there can be a broken heart. A broken heart a hurting heart. There can be a desperate need. How many are here this morning? And you would say, Pastor, in 2016, I need an answer to prayer. I need a healing. In 2016, I need a miracle breakthrough. How many would say that? This is you. You know, if you don't need it, if you don't need it, then keep your hand out. But if you need a breakthrough, lift up your hand. Amen. 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 See so many hands? Precious Jesus. We're going to quietly sing a song right now. Keep those hands up. And I want to invite you. It's up to you. You can stay there in your pew, or you can come here to this altar. You that have your hands lifted up, you can come here. We're going to pray over you. Or you can stay right there in your pew and we'll pray over you. But you see all the needs? You see the need for prayer warriors this morning? As we sing, I want to invite you to come down to this altar if you'd like to. Or stay right where you're at this morning. Whether you're on the balcony or on the main floor. Amen. Lord, I'm a man. Precious Jesus, precious Jesus, praise the Lord, praise the Lord.